0: This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 463 for July 1st, 2015. We're brought to you this week by Red Hat, Harry's, and Igloo. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. I'm senior contributor Glenn Fleischman, and uh, Apple is feeling just like the bangles right now. We got the beats. And I'll be talking about that this week with executive editor of Macworld, Susie Oaks. Hello, Susie.
1: Hello, real-life friend. I know, we met in
0: person. It's weird. We finally
1: got to meet. After months amazing. of podcasting,
0: many months of working together. Actually, yeah, I've been in the offices. I've seen all you fine people, and... uh
1: we ate tacos. Tacos
0: were good. Tacos
1: and French fries. <laughs> <laughs> <It was laughs> First French fries, then tacos. It was a
0: you know? bacchanal of unparalleled yeah. proportions and uh, not messing around. Beautiful San Francisco. San Francisco is beautiful. Thank you for ranging San Francisco. It'd be so lovely on my trip. Because yeah, it was anytime. Basically, the perfect weather. And I came back to uh, Seattle, which we're going through our heat wave. It's gonna be the 80s and 90s here for like three weeks, and uh, I will be longing for the embrace of air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> Well, we got some news this week. Uh, This week's big news is Apple Music, which was released uh, yesterday. And uh, we'll be talking about that. But first, along with Apple's uh, music release, they had to push out iOS 8.4 and OS 10.10.4 updates. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of security issues over months. And I've written many columns about things that uh, could affect user security. Although all of them are, you know, they're all like little side cases. You have to have a certain kind of access or a malicious party would have to be able to do a certain sort of thing, or you'd have to suppose somebody was acting badly. But so it's unclear whether the things that have been discovered in the last few months are uh, how easy it is to exploit them and take advantage of people. However, they're all fairly serious in different ways. And so as part of this uh, update to both iOS and OS X, Apple put in a ton of security patches. It was, I there's a piece up at macworld.com. You can see I went through the four uh, primary ones, but uh, you know, so this, you could say now OS X, especially got a, I was saying got several uh, updates, but iOS did as well. Uh, pretty much everything reported uh, that hasn't been fixed except for the cross or inter-application exploits that uh, rely on Mac App Store and iOS App Store. Um, malicious apps that we talked about recently those have not all been uh, those were not patched in this release because it came so close on the heels of that but uh the apple had already made changes to lock down um, many of the issues that would affect those flaws uh but should i run through them do you think i should run through the uh what's fixed all right well so it's well so uh you know um we used to talk about bios bios for uh for Windows systems, and and most Windows systems, in fact, uh, I think are required to not use it anymore. They use something called EFI or UEFI, Extensible Framework Interface or Universal EFI. And uh, Apple adopted that early when they switched from the PowerPC to Intel architecture. And uh, occasionally, uh, and uh, seemingly regularly, there are uh, bugs discovered. Uh, Often uh, the bugs require some kind of physical access. So uh, not long ago, researchers said, hey, you know, I was able to find a state in which after uh, so, the, so the EFI like BIOS uh, controls low level stuff so you boot up your computer something has to bootstrap you from a computer that's entirely off to loading the operating system and a, a bootloader like BIOS or EFI or UEFI does that it like initializes hardware it looks at a specific spot on a disk or in non-volatile memory it runs a program that figures out where the OS is and then it hands off control to the OS but when you do things like put the computer to sleep and wake it EFI is involved there too so this researcher found that even though Apple had secured EFI, so it couldn't be changed without sort of cryptographic uh, uh, signatures, uh, when it woke from sleep, when your Mac woke from sleep, there was a moment when you could actually get in and rewrite the firmware and put in any malicious thing you wanted (laughs) that would be undetectable, potentially, um, and uh, almost impossible to remove based on how uh, they were able to secure it. So Apple's fixed that, there's now no longer, or I mean, this has to be confirmed, but there's uh, Uh, notes are that there's no longer a flaw there. Uh, Do you remember the mail uh, exploit? It was a weird one where um, the pop-up menu could come to you in email. Did you see that? Uh, Yes. That was a strange one where-
1: Every time I get that pop-up menu now, I try to scroll the page up and down because I remember that your article said that if you can scroll the page up and down and the pop-up, like, it it was the iCloud prompt, right? That was trying to prompt you to sign into iCloud. That was the
0: example because that was the most vulnerable thing you could do.
1: Right, yeah. And it, so, if it was a fake one that was just, you know, slapped on top of the mail message, it would scroll when you tried to scroll the message. But if it was a real one from Apple, actually <laughs> needing you to sign in your iCloud account for something, um, in my case, it's usually like my calendars being checked in the background. So it's jolting because you're not expecting, you know, you're not like using iCloud right that second, and it asks you to sign in. And if it's real, then it won't scroll up and down when you try to scroll the page. So. I've been checking, but yeah, they're always real. That's
0: good. Actually, that's very good security hygiene. I give you, I give you three gold stars for that. Um, <laughs> it,
1: I read your comment. Well, it was the only way to
0: solve that problem too. Uh, so the the root there was that uh, Apple Mail, and the the case was specifically in iOS because I think it was more likely you'd see it, but um, it was also a bug in um, OS X. I think in OS X it might have seemed more obvious that this dialogue was not a legitimate one because we would be in sort of a weird place. And iOS, it could center itself in the screen. But the idea was you're in the mail app and an, an HTML email comes in and Apple scrubs a lot of HTML out so you can't do malicious things in mail, but they allowed a tag to be used in the header that refreshes the page and loads an arbitrary page from the internet into the mail program. One wonders why this was not removed, but hadn't been exploited, no one had found it, and uh, someone showed a proof of concept where uh, you could load uh, a new page that would then have stuff that would otherwise be scrubbed in an actual email message and could show a phishing thing. It would show an iCloud login and it would phish for your password. And unless you had two factor enabled, if you entered it, well, you're screwed. So, uh, <laughs> pardon my French, you're screwed. Uh, so, <laughs> Apple has removed the ability to refresh uh, and pull in arbitrary web pages, which is good. Um, oh, I should point out on the EFI patch, I was just mentioning. Um, uh, a lot of these uh, changes affect only Yosemite 10.10 or iOS 8. So um, iOS 8 particularly, since we know it runs back to was iPhone 4, iPhone 4S. No, iPhone 4, right, can run iOS 8? thought
1: it was only... F- Maybe four, may S, four but I have to look it I up. I know,
0: I'm trying to remember the. Uh, but I, so, so I
1: Stumping me. Yeah, over.
0: well, so, so all these updates uh, uh, for the iOS side are only for iOS 8 because Apple no longer updates the 7 or previous trees. So if you're using a device prior to the 4S or you've chosen somehow and been able to sustain not updating to iOS 8, then you don't get these fixes. For um, the OS 10 release, they did do both a uh, 10.10.4 release and security update 2015. Dash one which uh, is available for uh, Mountain Lion and for Mavericks. Uh, so uh, that takes you back to um, you know two, well almost three years now. Uh, but it also means that machines dating back as far as 2007 are covered by some of these OS 10 fixes, such as the EFI patch. Uh, and I found some statistics from NetApplications that uh, monitors, um, they do statistics of uh, web access of sites, and they try to estimate operating systems and other things. And, and only 14% of Macs in their survey or in their uh, uh, information gathering are running a pre- 10.8 release. So 86% of Macintoshes will be eligible for the EFI patch uh, and I think a couple other things that apply there. Um, so the mail things to patch. Uh, encryption downgrade. This is a little bit of an obscure topic, but um, the uh, researchers found that because of an export control issue uh, that required lower quality uh, encryption many years ago, many web servers, and many clients accept a poor form of encryption that's essentially considered broken. It can be uh, cracked by governments and, and other parties. Uh, and that's okay because um, they weren't negotiating for it. So you'd have a, cl- a web client and a web server would talk and they'd say, oh, we want to use this very good method of encryption. It turns out you can insert yourself as a man in the middle uh, if you can find a point which, uh, which governments and criminals and and uh, other parties can do uh, and insert yourself into a network connection. You can force uh, a the web server or the client to accept a Lower quality uh, connection, and if you can do that, then you can crack that, and you can talk on one side to Alice, another Bob. You're Eve in the middle. Alice and Bob are trying to talk. Eve is eavesdropping, and she can crack that encryption and sit there in the middle and eavesdrop and everything. Um, so this is a terrible problem. Um, fortunately, it's asymmetrical. If the server fixes it, then. Um, then the connection won't be downgraded. If the client fixes it, then the connection won't be downgraded. So many servers have done this. There were some vulnerable ones and that's been being changed. uh, And client software has been updated. So Apple, by updating this, um, removing this downgrade system or downgrade option, essentially improves the security, removes this as an issue for hundreds of millions of iOS and Mac users. So that's nice. It's an easy win. And the final thing is, remember, Susie, I was telling you uh, months ago now about this, uh, the Chinese Network Information Center, CNNIC. um, Yes. And how they had done a bad thing, a very bad thing, uh, which was to, uh, they, among other things, uh, they are a certificate authority, so they issue the documents that allow encrypted web and email and other connections to work without... uh, requiring two parties to trust each other. They're a third party and their information is built into operating systems and browsers and uh, mail clients. And it's kind of a counter check. So, you go to a website. It says, "Hey, I'm this secure. Uh, I'm the secure entity. Here's my digital certificate with my public key. And this third party, a certificate authority, signs off on it. And the browser and operating system can validate that the certificate authority is legitimate because they have pre-loaded information in their root of trust, what Apple calls its trust store. You cannot buy things at the trust store. Can you imagine? <laughs> what could you? What would you have to buy at the trust store? Just
1: leave your money on the counter. <laughs> like, the trust store.
0: It's like buying fruit at the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, I just like the name. They. I didn't see the term before. It is a
1: great name. I
0: checked with Apple. I said, is the trust store new? They're like, no, no, the trust store has been around for a long time. And it's true. I checked them. Like, trust three. us. Trust us. That's exactly.
1: <laughs> Why would be lying? That's right. We the can sell you store.
0: this trust for a very small price. So uh, the trust store is the root of trust. It's it's the, the certificate authorities that Apple uh, and other uh, entities trust. So CN Nick uh, sold a certificate to an intermediary, a, a third-party reseller in Egypt, that was um, essentially the keys to the kingdom that allowed uh, uh, not the heavenly kingdom in China, but the, uh, the kingdom of heaven, but, sorry, using my <laughs> long ago knowledge from college, um, but they sold them a certificate that essentially allowed this Egyptian party to issue certificates that would work and be valid for any domain in the world. And that's supposed to be reserved only for certificate authorities. Google now monitors for this. Google is using certificate pinning, which I've written about several times, where they their software only accepts certificates for their domains, for Google domains, and then now for increasingly others like Twitter. Twitter, and Facebook that are issued by particular certificate authorities. So there are hundreds of certificate authorities and only a handful are valid for these domains. So Google's like, Hey, we're seeing something funny here. They track it down. They find out what's going on and uh, they report it. They write it all about it. And Google and Mozilla both dumped CNNIC from its uh, store, trust store. You have been thrown out of the trust store. We'll no longer sell your trust here. Your Take it elsewhere, and uh, uh, I think Mozilla's plan was to trust older certificates, not newer ones. Google, I think originally, and I'm not sure if they if they did this, was to untrust all CNIC certificates, um, and then Internet uh, Explorer, sorry Microsoft through Internet Explorer, they removed um, just this in unjustly uh, released certificate uh, to this reseller, an intermediate certificate, but they did not dump CNNIC. and then Apple seemingly didn't do anything, uh, and it's been months, and I've written about it a couple times because I wondered, you know, Google famously sort of left China. They don't run a web server there. They didn't want to conform to those rules. So they're in China, but their business relationship is odd. They've been hacked by the Chinese government allegedly many times. They're the target. Uh, Mozilla is a foundation. Um, they don't really care. They have an open community process and consensus, and um, they don't need to sort of, quote-unquote, do business anywhere in particular. But Apple and Microsoft have extensive Chinese operations. So there was some concern, you know, are they, uh, you know, making security decisions that aren't beneficial to users. So Apple yesterday uh, put out this update and it what they did is they didn't pull C and Nick entirely. They said, ah, we're releasing a new policy. And the policy is, uh, it's a new um, system that lets them trust just a small list or a specific list of certificates from a given authority. So if this happens again in the future, they can push out a trust store update that says, we're only trusting these certificates from this party. And they're doing that because can you can imagine if you're in China or you're dealing with Chinese companies and all of a sudden every secure website you go to and your browser dies, doesn't work, says, hey, error. Uh, not a great experience. And then it seems like, you know, your Apple it makes it seem like your browser, Apple browser, Apple software is at fault. So um, Apple has chosen to do what I think Mozilla did is it trusts certificates uh, released and signed by cn Nick before the incident in March, March 23, uh, uh, but won't after that. And they also included instructions. If you use OS ten, you can untrust any certificate authority you want, and they tell you how to go and do that, which was fascinating. So iOS, you can't. You have to accept Apple's trust store, uh, the trust store. It sounds like to be of, uh, remember Al Gore in the lockbox?
1: Yes, the, trust the store. social security lockbox.
0: We put the certificate authorities in a trust store, and they'll be safe there. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the security rundown. Um, do you feel more secure today after all this? Yes, Hi.
1: but now I have "Can't Buy Me Love" in my head. Only it's "Can't Buy Me Trust."
0: <laughs> trust, uh, then verify, as someone famously said. Yeah. Previous Uh you know, uh, Susie. I wanted to uh, talk about one last thing related to security. Is uh, there was uh, during um, WWDC, it came out that Apple was ta- and before and then during that Apple was talking about building a security environment for OS X. That was like iOS, uh, sort of sandboxing it so that you'd only be able to, um, you know, to you wouldn't be it, the iOS security system is designed so that you can't install other apps, but it also means the system is kind of um, integral. It's very hard to modify anything without, uh, or almost impossible. You know, jailbreaking is one route in, but those keep getting closed down by Apple. So it's not that OS Ten would be locked down, I think, as firmly as iOS. But uh, but there is a model in the new, um, in uh, El Capitan. Uh, I talked to um, one developer who looked into it a little bit, and um, it's possible again. Like Apple would not. They wouldn't, I think, uh, prevent say third-party app sales, but they um, would make OS X much more difficult to manipulate and modify in the way that some software does, in the interest of security.
1: Hmm.
0: Worries me a little. Yeah,
1: bit. I remember when the Mac App Store launched several years back, that people were worried that this was, you know, the first step on the path to an iOS style. You're only allowed to install apps from our store. And that way, we'll be able to protect you from anything bad, but, you know, we'll also get a cut (laughs) of everything. Um, And that hasn't happened. I like how there's different um, kind of security settings, I guess, like really broad ones saying, you know, allow me to install things from anywhere, allow me to install things that, you know, are signed by trusted developers, but came from outside the store, or only let me install things from the store. And I think... They start they changed the default maybe to trusted developers at some point along the line. And so yeah, I mean I don't want I, I I like that Mac users have choices, you know, because we're not all on the same level. Like some of us are pro power users and, you know, can can modify the OS and it's fine. And some of us really, you know, need everything to be Taken care of, kind of for us, and we can just, you know, use the the nice GUIs of the apps and not really get close to the metal or need to know what's going on behind the curtains. So, so yeah, I ho- I hope that they they, they kind of keep it like that. I mean, I'm I'm all for extra security that I don't have to think about or know about um, <laughs> because <laughs> I really don't know that much about security. Um, everything I know, I've read, learned, you know, reading your your private eye. Well, it's And yeah and I like how my Mac will tell me like there's security updates and and you've sort of explained to me why, you know, I need to pay attention to those security updates because there's real flaws out there that could be exploited and just because they haven't been so far doesn't mean that, you know, we can get complacent. But, you know, I, you know, I install things from outside the Mac App Store and I don't want that to go away. There's so many things that are have...
0: outside the Mac App Store and can't be in it because of what they do. So it would really yeah. change the pla- it still would really change the platform. I mean, Adobe doesn't sell, sell anything to the Mac App Store. I think their mm-hmm. Creative Suite is not in there. Uh, I think the App Store is a the App Store feels to me like an incredible tool for I want to say naive users in the sense of users who do not know and do not wish to know much about how a computer works, except that it is a tool to their benefit. And there, e- the Mac App Store totally shines because it gives those people a you know sort of hermetic. Perfectly great experience. They never have to run updates on their own. They can set it to do it automatically. The system updates automatically. Everything is signed off by Apple. Um, it's a great environment for that kind of user. And um, I hope that does not become – I don't think it can because, you know, here's my argument. When we talked about uh, Chris Mim at the Wall Street Journal, his essay about Apple killing – uh a couple of essays about Apple you know, killing the Mac. Um, I think Apple keeps the Mac alive partly for developers, uh, partly for general users, and and partly for professional uh, users, uh, video professionals and animation and graphics professionals. And if they locked it down, I think it would essentially destroy the professional market because there's almost no professional software except for a few things Apple sells that... Is in the Mac App Store. Most of it is outside, and that would mean that would all be unavailable. <laughs> right. I think we'd be doomed. Uh,
1: speaking of sec- yeah, and I, I mean, I use some things that started in the Mac App Store, and then at some point they said, "Okay, look, we have to pull those from the Mac App Store because we have two different versions, and you know, one of them is allowed to do this, and one of them isn't." And they were trying to give people, you know, a choice if they wanted to use the Mac App Store for convenience. Or they didn't want to use it because, you know, they didn't like it. They found it creepy. Um, And, you know, the sandboxing issues would kind of hobble the apps that were sold there. Um, I started out using it a lot, and I've been using it less. Um, It's like, yeah, what you were saying about how um, people want just to, you know, don't want to know what's going on behind the scenes. and and the Mac still having a lot of professional users, I think there's some overlap in those groups because you can be a real expert in what you do with your computer but still not really care like how <laughs> the actual computer works. You know, I'm more it's of true. a computer user than a computer programmer or... Um, operator, you know, in, in, in that sense. So Well, thanks
0: goodness. You used to have to be able to dig down deep to solve problems all the time. And I sometimes don't have right. to do that, but it's, I mean, I think, you know, uh, someone should be able to use a Mac without ever having to touch, say the terminal app or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, run an Apple script. Even Apple scripts are useful, but like, I think um, they require some trust and knowledge unless they're sold in a really specific package. But, um, let's pause for a moment and we'll come back. We've got get a couple other uh, very small issues and then we'll get into Apple music. Cause I want to thank, uh, speaking of security, Red Hat. Red Hat is one of our sponsors this week. And and uh, at this point, everyone understands that in the right situations, open software is important technology. It's useful and powerful, and, and nobody really disagrees with that. And I think in an era in which we have attacks like Poodle and Logjam and Heartbleed and all these named attacks that affect Unix and Linux systems, uh, it's important to remember that Red Hat is out there. It's a managed uh, solution. They actually take care of the details, so you don't have to. Uh, there, there's a lots of different kinds of Unix. I could list off a whole bunch of things. Android is based on Unix. OS 10 is based on Unix. And and really, uh, Red Hat is designed for a very particular but broad market. Um, they've been they've been working on open source software from you know for over a, a decade, and uh, they started with uh, Red Hat Enterprise Linux and today they certify and support application development storage and cloud infrastructure for every conceivable enterprise deployment um, they run the new york stock exchange at dreamworks they are in every airline healthcare company and telecom giant in the fortune global 500 those companies all rely on red hat as as do more than 90% of all the companies in the Fortune 500. It's out there, and it's out there because they take care of these details. They're working with open source software and certifying it, testing it, making it work, and then it's something that enterprises can deploy in the world's most demanding data centers. So you can find out what Red Hat can do for you at redhat.com and avoid the heartbreak of Heartbleed and uh, the droppings of Poodle, I guess you'd say. Um, Break that log log jam up and uh, give Red Hat a try. So thanks to Red Hat for being a sponsor this week. Uh, there's a couple minor things before we go into Apple Music. Discovery D. I don't know if you uh, saw some of uh, the discussions about that in the last few months. I forget if we ran an article at Macworld. Well, it's a little obscure, but Discovery D. Does that ring a bell?
1: Yeah, I've heard other people talking about it. It's... Um Somewhat widely blamed for the Yosemite Wi-Fi woes, yeah, which people have had ever since Yosemite launched. And every time it's updated, people are like, maybe this time my Wi-Fi will work. <laughs> so I guess some Yosemite Macs, I haven't had this problem. No one in my office is complaining about this problem. But, you know, I believe it. it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Um, But I guess some Yosemite Macs are just having trouble Staying on Wi Fi, it'll join Wi Fi and then it'll just drop for no reason. And it's really hard to get it back on and just staying on there. And when you have Wi Fi issues, it can be the most frustrating thing in the world, especially now that we stream everything and you know, uploads and downloads. And you know why you need Wi Fi, and it sucks <laughs> when it
0: doesn't work. I, I'm not sure, if I just had it when I was traveling, I had to reboot my Mac. Uh, a couple times to get on, like, hotel network. Like, my iOS device would get on, and my Yosemite MacBook wouldn't. I don't have any problem at home. I haven't had any problem in Seattle. But that beautiful San Francisco weather, in fact, apparently uh, mm-hmm. affected my device. So, yeah, 10 uh, – So uh, it, uh, It's all the pot smoke in the air. It <laughs> intercepts the, uh, the
1: signal.
0: Oh, yes. Well, it's legal up here. So that's the problem. Uh, so it, uh, John Hockenberry, uh, often known as uh, – Shackenberry on the internet of uh, of Icon Factory. He wrote a long essay explaining how horrible Discovery D is. Uh, John Gruber mentioned that 300 separate bug reports, radars, not 300 uh, comments or uh, elaborations, but 300 separate. Uh, bug reports were potentially closed by removing Discovery D. So, yeah, it would also affect, apparently, Apple TV uh, was an issue because um, if you had multiple Apple devices on a network, they could get kind of out of sync with each other and they would uh, broadcast out-of-date information. It was an idea to cache some of your network information so you wouldn't lose a connection. And this is why some people have... um, uh sharing, uh, you know, in the sharing name for your device, it'll suddenly be like Lens MacBook One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six, Fifty, and you're like, oh, you know, where are these multiples coming on bo- on the uh, Bonjour networking? And um, anyway, ultimately, uh, Apple apparently listened. They just killed off Discovery D and now MDNS Responder, which is uh, the previous technology that's the, uh, the underpinning of uh, Bonjour um, Discovery over local networks, that's back and uh, updated. I don't think it ever went away, but it was deprecated and now it's back and it's the thing. So folks, if you had sharing problems or Wi-Fi problems, ostensibly, uh, they should go away. I, I haven't seen an update for Apple TV yet, so I'm not sure if uh, that has to be updated as well or if it was picking up information uh, sent by Max, but. But we'll see. So hopefully that will be solved. Um, let's move on to Apple Music, which I'm going to admit I was focused on security yesterday and other things. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but you do. When, yes. when news breaks, you catch it. Uh and um, uh, so this is part, this is the real reason for 8.4 and 10.10.4 being pushed out. There's uh, an updated version of uh, iOS that had Apple Music built in. And then uh, I think yesterday, you had said earlier in the day on Tuesday that you hadn't gotten <laughs> uh, iTunes twelve uh, dot whatever And 12.2, And now it's out, yeah. right? That came out later in the day yes. I got an, a notice and was able to install Pretty that.
1: Pretty late in the afternoon, to be honest. It was well after lunch. So for the our friends on the East Coast, they were like, why well, is it not coming out today? all like they were all you know at home I think by the time it finally dropped so yeah iOS 8.4 comes with an all new music app Woohoo. and when you open that music app the you know Apple's new service is right there Apple Music and it's a streaming service if you use used Beats music before it's very similar to Beats music um, just in the way it looks and the way it works if you've used Spotify or RDO, it's really really similar to those two um, it doesn't have a ton to differentiate it, but there's a few things. Um, so the first is Apple's Beats 1 radio station, which is very uh, divisive in our office. Oh. Um, I, I kind of hated it from the get-go, but Caitlin and Leah both really liked it. And I'm trying to give it another chance and see if it grows on me. But So it's not that I don't listen to terrestrial radio. I listen to um, KFOG a lot, one of our our stations here in the Bay. Um, when I'm in the car. So the things that I like about terrestrial radio is kind of that it's it's local. you know, they're talking about our sports teams. They're talking about, the concerts that are coming to town. And it's not even, you know, that I'm listening to sports talk. It's just, they just do goofy things that are kind of here. So like when, for example, when the Giants were playing the Kansas City Royals in the World Series last fall, um, people from Kansas City kept calling. They found the phone number of our radio station and they kept calling it up and requesting the Lord song Royals. (laughs) (laughs) And the DJs would put them on the air, let them make the request and then say, no, we're not playing that and hang up on them. And it was hilarious, right? So... Beats 1, the idea is that it's global and that everyone around the world is listening to the same radio station at the same time. But I just don't, I don't know, I don't get the draw. Um, so they have a few different DJs. One of them is this guy, Zane Lowe, who has a charming New Zealand accent. If, you know, you're keeping track of which accents I like, I'm always talking about <laughs> accents. Um, uh, so, but he kept talking over the music and, and he has this weird quirk where he'll play like a, a new song and then if he really likes it, he'll just play it again. So he played this Pharrell song back to back within the first hour that Beats Radio was, you know, live on the air. And I thought it was a glitch and people are like, no, no, that's not a bug, that's a feature. That's just Zane being Zane. And I thought that was really obnoxious. So I tried to give it another chance. I was a hater yesterday. I'm trying to give it another chance. Some of the other DJs I like better. Um, but yeah, and then the, so it doesn't have the things I like about the community feel that I like about terrestrial radio. It'll tell you the traffic, it'll tell you the weather. Like, that's what I like about local radio. Um, it is playing good music, so it has that going for it. But if you use internet radio, it's, it's different. It's not... It's radio on the Internet, but it's not Internet radio in that you can't skip tracks. If they're playing something you hate, you have to, you know, either leave the station completely or just wait, (laughs) just kind of turn it down until that song is over. So it's like not like Pandora where you get so many skips per hour and then it doesn't adjust itself to your tastes like these are these are DJs playing stuff and they're playing cool stuff. Um, And there's there's different shows. Celebrities are going to have little shows like Elton John, I think, is getting a show. Um, I can't remember who else, but and there's that, there's a, t- a schedule on Tumblr. They've got you know their own Instagram account, so they're going for it. I definitely respect the effort. A lot of people really love it. Um, people on Twitter are like going crazy about it, and I don't know. I don't really get the draw. So that's Beats 1. It's there. It's free even if you don't use Apple Music, and in fact, you can turn off Apple Music in the Music app, you go into the Settings app on your iPhone. You, there's a settings listing for music, and there's a little switch. You can turn off Apple Music, and it'll drop the the the, um, the personalized tabs, the For You tab, and the New tab. But you still get access to Beats One and the other streaming radio stations. Oh yeah, I found and that you still get access to Connect. That's
0: in, in iTunes uh, for OS X that's got that in uh, Preferences uh, general. You can uncheck show Apple Music there yeah. as well. So they got that in sync. So I'm still I, I guess I'm a little confused about what I get from Apple Music. Like I just okay. I just went through this the setup process. I subscribed and it's extremely complicated. I mean, this is the Apple's supposed to be simple. And um, mm. the, my setup process, I was asked for my password six times. Wow! Uh, I had to agree twice to pay nine ninety nine, even though it's a trial. So the the message is, you agree to pay nine ninety nine per month for this, even after it said the first three months are free. So I understand right. that, but they can't obviously customize the message somehow to say uh, you will be billed starting, uh, you know, whatever that is, uh, September something or whatever. Um, so the process to me, like I was just baffled. Like I'm saying here, pasting my, I mean, literally pasting my password in six times, agreeing to a new usage thing, uh, telling it, like, don't trust my... I mean, and then it's asking me iTunes questions, like, do you want to trust? Uh, you know, do uh, you want to always buy purchases and free items without any of the pass it's like, ah, stop, stop. And then finally I get yeah. there, and then I arrive there, <clears throat> and as a unsophisticated new user, I would say I'm looking at, I've got this For You tab, which Mm -hmm. was based on some – it gave me a very small set of genres and then um, artists to like or not like. And I wound up with something I've got like Elvis Presley and like The Monkees on this page. Nice. And that's it. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the For You page. I guess I'm supposed to do something there. But I can't figure out how to customize that. And then I've got this radio page, which looks like the old radio page, except for that big zero one for Beats 1 at the top. Uh, And then Featured Mm -hmm. Stations, I don't know if our Featured Stations – so like as a new user, I'm completely – at sea, I'm like, what change? Do I care? It's totally confusing.
1: Okay, great. I'm going to help you. Mm. Um, so the, but wait, let's, the before, other radio before stations... Before you help me, we
0: need to take a brief pause. We have we have three okay. sponsors this week, so we're going to take a brief pause, and uh, we're going to talk about shaving, and then you'll come back and tell me how to shave yaks right. on the... Help us on the help way. Me how to shave yeah. yaks in there, because I want to thank Harry's, which is uh, second of our sponsors this week. Now, Harry's uh, is a way to avoid the pain both of Razor Burn and nicks, whether it's on your legs, on your face, or any other part of your body you choose. Uh, Harry's makes has great blades, but it's also a way to avoid the pain of going into a convenience or department store and having to ask someone for blades and having them unlock the case and you pull it out and then you're paying like. $32 $32 for an eight-pack of blades. Uh, you know, the, the old metaphor. It's, you want to you, you want to give the razor away so you get the blades and you charge for the blades. Well, Harry's has figured out a way to cut out the middle man, or middle person, uh, where they actually uh, are now making their own blades. They liked the blades made for them initially in a factory in Germany, and they bought the entire factory. So they control the quality of the blades. They keep that price low. They deliver it to your home, and here's the deal. The starter set is just $15. You get a razor, moisturizer shave cream and three razor blades for 15 bucks and if you use the promo code MACWORLD, you get $5 off that for your first order. Their blades are not expensive, but they're super high quality. You don't have to go somewhere and go through the the pain, which is worse than Razor Burn, of, of buying blades. You can have them delivered to your door at high quality, and you can give them as gifts for people you know for birthdays, anniversaries, and so on. Uh, so just remember, go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter the coupon code MACWORLD at check out and you will get five dollars off you can start shaving better today so thank you to harry's for being a sponsor this week uh and so let's get back to shaving yaks you're gonna tell me uh or some kind of beast tell me how this thing works as a naive user that i am
1: yeah no problem so the for you tab is really where all the magic happens that's the great stuff um beats did a really good job with uh curation and with recommendations. And Apple has just put all of that into Apple Music. So the first time you look at the For You tab, yeah, it gives you these red bubbles kind of floating around. And you can scroll back and forth, which isn't really obvious. I did not know that. Yeah. (laughs) And you can get more. So the first thing it gives you is genres. And that's just kind of its first level you can tap the ones you like. They grow a little bit when you tap them, but that kind of shoves other ones off the side, so that's why you have to kind of scroll around with your finger if, if some of them get pushed aside. Um, you tap them twice for the things you really, really love, and if you hate something, like if you're like, oh, I hate rap, I hate country or whatever, you can tap and hold it and it gives a little three, two, one countdown and then it, it'll disappear that. So once it knows what genres you like, that's kind of half the battle. And Then you tap next up in the upper right and then it'll give you artists. So the first group of artists it gave me, it gave me maybe 12 and I recognized like three of them, which made me feel old and lame. I had the same reaction as so, a bunch of artists and right. I'm like,
0: I don't like any of these art like, or know or like are any are these of these. Who are these people? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or you don't want to say I don't I don't like those and disappear them all because, you know, they'll all go away and you're like what well, you know what if I really like this person and I just don't know because I've never heard of her or him or them. So there's a more artist, you know, get more thing kind of on the bottom right, you can tap that also and you get that. more. So I went through that like 3 times. So until I had... Said, okay, here's like ten or twelve artists that I really I, like. I'm
0: incompetent with the software because I didn't even notice that. More, it's
1: okay. There's see the problem with Apple Music's design so far is that it's doing this thing that Apple's been doing lately that I hate. It happens in iTunes as well, where there's things you can click on and you, it's not obvious yeah. at all that you can click on them. There's like it, they did it in Photos too. We had a huge discussion on, about this on, and when we talked. Uh, with Jeff and Joe about oh, photos yeah. a few weeks back, um, there's you know it'll be like just a word, and then they'll have like the tiniest little arrow next to it, and that is your indication that there's more behind that word, and you can click on it. So that's they really need to to make think the navigation a little more obvious. Um, but so okay, once you pick your genres and your artists, oh, wait, I have a question. You... I have to
0: interrupt because I want. Can I go yep. back? I can't figure out a way. Once I've picked, yeah. I'm doomed, once you've right? Done that that you're pick, done. Can you do it again? I think you're done. Well.
1: You can still um, you can still massage the algorithm after that initial pick. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure <clears throat> if there's a way to pick again. Oh, what? no. Yes. Okay. There is. So but it's totally in the hidden, right? Okay, I'm in the four U tab. Oh yeah, totally <laughs> hidden. Just found it now. This is great though, because Caitlin and I are doing a huge tips thing. It's gonna be awesome. Um, so in the four U tab, yes. there is a little silhouette of a person up at the top left that's your account you tap that and then there'll be choose artists for you and uh that's one of the choices which doesn't sound like it would be the same thing but um, oh that's
0: oh no you know what i had to do this is great we're actually seeing this is even more perfect we had two different experiences i uh i don't have that person i have but i had an arrow button and if i'd click the arrow in the upper left i was able to go back
1: Oh, okay. I don't have a person, so, though. Did you get to the 4 You screen that has the recommendations yet, or are you still... No,
0: I got... Oh, that's funny. It's kind of Wow, this is all a little broken in it. Well, see, if I, yeah, I have a For You screen. We're doing real-time work here, folks, because we're funny. It's finding, glitchy. Yeah. I
1: mean, I opened it up this morning, and it was just empty. Like, there was nothing in there. Yeah. And I opened up RDO, and RDO was like, I'm here. I got your music for you. So I listened to RDO instead of Apple Music on the way to work this if morning.
0: If I'm on the... F- it's glitchy, man. 4, well, yeah, I'm on the For You screen, and I mm-hmm. do not see that little, wait, the silhouette in the upper. Oh, I see. Oh man. Okay, so yeah. So there's (laughs) two things you can do. No, there's two things you can do. Because I just navigated here, I have the back button in the upper left uh, uh, in the sort of uh, navigation bar below Mm -hmm. the play bar I don't know what you call that Um, you can click back and go and reselect from there Um, but I can also I also see in the silhouette the like account button I can click choose artist for you and that takes me oh and it puts me essentially in the same place fast.
1: yeah that'll that'll let you do the picking thing again if you feel like you didn't do a good job with it the first time or your recommendations are just totally borked more artists Um, oh my
0: gosh this is hilarious this is hilarious but you don't
1: even have to do that again if you don't want to you can just kind of massage the algorithm as you listen to things So the For You tab has some playlists, some curated playlists, and some albums that it thinks you might like. Mm -hmm. If it guessed wrong, you can tap and hold any of them. You get this super tall contextual menu with like 10 different options. One of them is recommend less like this. So if they give you bad recommendations, you can say, no, I don't like Drake. Stop telling me that Drake is cool. And then So you can do that on the playlists and on... The albums that it recommends you. The first time you look at it, you might be like, "Okay, there's four playlists and like six albums here. Is that it?" Um, you can pull it down to do the you know the pull the refresh move, and it'll keep giving you more. So that's pretty cool. Oh um It guessed it gets pretty good for me. Um, I really like a lot of the, these picks, and I have weird tastes, so I wasn't sure if it would you know if it would get that. I like oldies and fish and, you know, gangster rap. I, I, you know, I wasn't sure if that would mess it up. But there's a lot of people who've used iTunes and have used Genius Forever, and they actually have humans curating these playlists. So I've been really impressed with those. Um, So yeah, keep pulling down to refresh. um, And then when you like things, as you're listening to things, you can tap and hold them to to get this contextual menu you can add them to my music which kind of puts them in your collection kind of bookmarks them for you um, if, if you stop paying for apple music and you quit apple music they'll all go away you don't get to keep them forever but you can save playlists artists albums individual songs and just kind of build up your collection make your own playlists um, when you add things to your music you can also make them available offline which kind of saves a a cached version to your device and syncs it to all your other devices so if you're away from wi-fi and you don't want to use your data plan you can listen to stuff offline that's that's a really great feature all the streaming services have that Um, so yeah the the for you tab is where you'll find all those recommendations and when you heart things so in RDO, you can heart things, and it puts them in a little favorites list that you can find later. So you have your your greater collection, and then you have kind of your subset of favorites. That's not how it works in Apple Music. In Apple Music, the heart is just to help the algorithm learn your tastes. Mm. So this heart shows up kind of everywhere. Even when you're listening to Beats 1, you can heart some tracks. Not everything, which is weird, but um, you can heart some tracks – when, where, whenever and wherever you're listening to them, and that will help the algorithm learn your tastes. So by kicking things off the for you screen if you don't like them, and by hearting the things you do like, over time the recommendations should get better and better. If they're not, you know, wowing you from the get go. So that's the for you tab. It's. It's going to be where you spend a lot of time and it's going to be where you discover a lot of cool things because Discovery is really kind of the name of the game with um, streaming services. They all have pretty much the same music, so it's just like, can they help you find music that you like, whether it's stuff you already know that you like and you just kind of forgot about, you know, the, the albums that you like in high school or whatever, like they'll – some. A good engine can surface those, and it's delightful when it happens.
0: I don't think I gave it enough time, too, because uh, now that we've been talking, it's actually populated better. I did a couple clicks here mm-hmm. while we were chatting, and now suddenly yeah. I have a much richer thing that looks much more – like the kind of stuff I like. So, for instance, yeah. I have a section called Intro to Laurie Anderson. How did they know? Well, it's possibly because I have all this Laurie Anderson music in my collection. Um, but that's, you know, an intro to Art Blakey, uh, and then, which are uh, Glenn Gould, and then Skronk Freakout, which I don't know what that is, but now I'm curious. I'm going to look at right. Nels Klein, Greg Bendian.
1: <gasps> Nels Klein is I
0: don't amazing. know any of these people. So this is great. So maybe I will... He's uh, the
1: guitar player from Wilco. Oh, he's like, oh okay. genius. Yeah, He's a freaky or genius. Or inspired
0: by... Uh, jimmy reed intro to graham parsons yeah see these are all oh yeah see i'm looking at oh, this now and i'm like the th- stuff what that i graham
1: no- parsons on mine? oh my gosh Who's
0: we'll graham see parsons. we're compatible uh, i'm gonna search for uh them, but it's i um yeah this is much very quickly became much more with a little mm-hmm. bit of clicking is now much more i also don't know how much it's uploading my collection and using match or other things to to set it And if you need a moment to do that but this this looks like yeah. this is now looks interesting where five minutes ago it looked very tedious
1: it definitely looks at what's already in your library cuz it auto follows all those artists on for uh, excuse me it auto follows all the artists in your library on connect and like we'll talk about connect later but it's it's really not worth your time so um,
0: <laughs> yeah oh, the other... wait, uh, connect i think connect is spelled p i n g right uh. yeah it's
1: i mean it could get better it's like we've, we've had it for a day so it's it's too early to be like it's a complete waste of time but in this early stage, it's not it's not what we want to focus on. I just, it's not really compelling. Yeah, Tumblr
0: enough. already exists, so Tumblr and Twitter, yeah, and, and Facebook. Twitter and
1: SoundCloud. Um, and, yeah, hey,
0: so you, I know. I know one of the issues uh, you guys have with this, and I, I've seen people uh, talking about, it, is that um, the the gaps in the catalog. So you mm-hmm. know, so we can recommend things to you, but this is from you know, it's a it's Apple was able to sign a deal with uh, a number of indie labels at last minute, right? So Taylor Swift um, brought the hammer down uh, at the top level, and uh, I think. We Mentioned already, Jesse von Doom wrote a great piece for MacWorld about um, how indie labels function in the music world, um, and it's worth reading because it, it Taylor Swift gave a ton of pressure from the top and became you know sort of instant PR nightmare in the nicest way, and but on the bottom you have thousands of independent labels and artists who were not signing Apple's deal. Some of them represented by a few major, uh, I think groups that handle contract negotiations, and others mm-hmm. individual. But what Jesse pointed out um, is that uh, we're no Longer in a monolithic music world, so yes, there's still a big head and a long tail. But a lot of uh, best-selling artists and best-known artists, like I think it's Alabama Shakes, being one of them, and uh, Radiohead, some of these folks are not represented by the major labels. So you can sign the major labels, and you can have only have a percentage of what people are listening to in the mass market, and that's that's new. That's you know a change of the last several years. So Apple had to get these indies in and they were able to sign deals. So a lot of stuff is there that wouldn't have been. So they avoided that embarrassment and they got some good PR from, uh, uh kowtowing to Taylor Swift. Everybody loves people who succumb to her, <laughs> but there's still a lot of stuff, um, missing, right? Like, like Prince.
1: Yeah. Uh, ow. I know. So, so Oscar did a good story yesterday. It got picked up by the loop insight. So thank you to them, um, about just the holes in the catalog. So, It's not everything that's in the iTunes store. I mean, we already knew that. It has a few things... I mean, it has 1989, which isn't it's the newest Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I just which it has isn't on 1989, the but others. it doesn't
0: have 1999, does it? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Two thousand zero zero. That's party over. Amazing. Out of time. Sorry. Yeah,
1: we just should drop the mic right now. After that, that was so <laughs> Thank good. You so yeah, it has the new Taylor Swift album 1989, which I listened to and actually really loved good job taylor swift um, but it and it has the chronic which is an amazing dr dre album that wasn't streaming anywhere that i remember from back in the day when i was just a little kid who liked gangster rap um, so but it has some big holes um acdc was a holdout on streaming they are in apple music but they also took that opportunity to join all the other streaming services so it's light on exclusives but that's okay Um, but it has some holes. There's no prints on there right now. I I was hoping it was a glitch, but there's no prints on there right now. And I listen to a lot of prints. Like I have a three year old who loves Purple Rain and we listen to it on my RDO like, you know, several times a day. So (laughs) no prints is a big bummer for me. Um, they might still, you know, there might be more coming, but so the, the catalog, people who haven't, had experience with streaming, might find out that the catalogs can be sort of weird. I've had the experience a few times where I build a playlist. In RDO or I save an album to my collection. And then later it just kind of goes away. Um, those tracks get grayed out. Oh. And sometimes it's because they got a different version of the same album, which is so annoying. They're like, oh yeah, instead of Graceland, now we have Graceland 25th edition, like, you know, deluxe edition. So the songs still exist. The same songs exist within the streaming service, but you have to kind of like search for them and hunt them down again. And, and that's annoying. Um, but... But yeah, so there are a few things with Apple Music that so far they just aren't there. Let's take a and let's take a
0: pause because we have more to talk about with Apple Music and Connect and uh, and glitches and uh, and family sharing. But well, and costs. Let's talk about that in just a second. But let's thank our last sponsor this week and then we'll get back at it because I want to thank Igloo, our third sponsor this week. Igloo makes an internet you'll actually like. It's a cloud platform that can help you do your best work, like sharing files, updating your blog, coordinating calendars, and managing projects. It's easy to use and easy to configure even for the most technical of users. Igloo is built around responsive design. That means that everything you can do at your desk, you can do on the go on a phone or a tablet. It reformats itself to whatever device you're using and you get the same experience. You don't have to uh, retrain yourself to use a different kind of version of the same thing. So whether you're a large enterprise Stuck using SharePoint or a fast growing business that's overwhelmed by apps, you can create an internet that matches your brand's look and feel, simplifies how you work, and is accessible on your phone and your tablet. You can sign up now and try it for free. Uh, we've got a deal for you. If you go to igloosoftware.com slash Macworld, that's igloo, I-G-L-O-O software.com slash Macworld. I won't spell Macworld. I hope we know how to spell it at this point, and invite up to ten of your favorite coworkers to try it with you. Uh, so thank Thanks to Igloo Software for being one of this week's sponsors, and, uh, and give them a try. Uh, so let's get back to uh, to wrap up on Apple music. Um, uh, we we're just ta- okay. we we're just talking about uh, what's not there. Now you had some complaints about uh, glitches in it as well. We we're just talking about a few inconsistencies. Um, is this uh, and, and I noticed looking between iTunes on OS 10 and iOS the interface is a little bit different. It's not totally different but it's a little different and um, things are mostly in the same place. they're much more harmonized but um, but it feels like uh, what do you feel like this is in terms of um, you know is this an 0.9? five release or does this feel like a 1.0 that needs work?
1: Um, it, it definitely needs some work. Some of it is just, you know, this is all it's it's one of those apps where you know it's it's accessing things from online. so sometimes you'll open it up and there just won't the things won't be there. So so that's annoying. that feels very broken. Um, And then some of the navigation is really clunky. So the other tab that you really care about besides the for new tab, the for you tab is the new tab. Mm. And that has um, recent releases and new music and it defaults to all genres, but you can tap that all genres um, label up at the top and you know, dive into other genres and then um, so you'll see, you know, what's what's cool in different genres. And then it has the the Apple Music editors, um, curated playlists and um, activity specific playlists. So if you're trying to get work done or if you're going for a run or if you're cooking or if you're driving in a rainstorm, like there there will be specific playlists for those things. And then there's curators. So if you really respect um, a you know specific outlet like Pitchfork or Paste Magazine or Rolling Stone, you can find out what those um, you know experts are listening to. And then a thing that differentiates Apple Music is the music videos. Um, none of the other services except for Tidal have have music videos. Spotify just added some video support, but it's. Um, it's like clips from you know like NPR and like Broad City and clips from TV shows. It's not it's not music videos. Mm-hmm. So that's really strange. Like people watch music videos in YouTube or in Vivo, but there's you know tons of ads and it's just it's not a great experience. So Apple sells music videos. A la carte, but you know, I don't really know anybody who buys them. So the the ability to just watch music videos as much as you want is is really kind of cool, yeah. and that's something that sets Apple Music apart. So those are in the new tab as well. And if you um, if you click into somebody's artist page, you can find you know music videos for that artist. So the problem though is that navigating is really it can be clunky, it can be unreliable. Um if you tap and hold something like I'm tapping and holding a song from the from the new page you get this huge really tall um contextual menu someone joked on twitter um I think you retweeted it that was like oh now I see why apple oh. made the phone's taller <laughs> because this menu can have, you know, up to like 10 different selections. I, it's so
0: on Apple, it's like come I mean it this is. is one of those things you're like they're so such control freaks, they obsess over every detail and then they put a menu like that in and you're like okay so what happened that that happened.
1: And the well, and the menu doesn't have like a couple of things that I would want it to have. So so it's saying, you know, add to my music, make available offline. Those are great. Show an iTunes Store. That should definitely be there. Share the song, add it to a playlist. Yes, play next, add to up next. People don't really get the difference between that, but play next puts it in the front of your queue. Add to up next puts it in the back of your queue. That's kind of nice. Start station. That kind of makes you know, a, you know, a, a, a like a Pandora-style radio station that's based off that song. But then right at the very, very top of that list, you always see the name of the song and the name of the band and a tiny little thumbnail of the album art. If you tap that, you're supposed to go see the album. It isn't working for me reliably, but that's where you would see the album. You could tap on the band name. Again, it's super tiny. Then you can see everything that band's done. You could follow them on Connect. You could find their music videos. So, In RDO, the contextual menu for any song, like one of them says, you know, view this album. So if you're you're listening to a playlist or if you're listening to a curated, you know, shuffle station kind of thing and you say, oh, yeah, this Aretha song, like I would love to listen to this entire album. Um, you can view an album and I do that all the time to add because I'd rather add whole albums to my collections than just individual songs Mm -hmm. but that's just me so in Apple Music it's there but it's not obvious and it's several taps away and sometimes you'll just get derailed in those taps like you'll you'll tap the the name of the band to hope Open it up and you'll just go to a blank page. So so that's been kind okay. of frustrating so far. Oof. But it 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 can get better. I think you know with another update or two, it'll get better. So the new tab and the fur you tab is where all the magic happens. Radio, we've talked about, and then um, Connect is over there. It's I'm not impressed with Connect so far it's ostensibly it's a place for artists to connect directly to fans and say like here's some cool exclusive content that we're sharing with you because we're friends so it's the kind of things that they would already put on tumblr instagram or twitter soundcloud but now it's going to be all in one place in the music app you're already using it's just i don't know like so it auto follows everyone that you like you can go in and turn them off you can follow more people but the So it auto-followed several dozen people for me, and some of them aren't, you know, in there. Like, so, you know, just because you like a band and they have an artist page in Apple Music doesn't mean they're really using Connect actively. And the ones that are using it, you know, it's early days and they haven't maybe they haven't figured out like what's really gonna resonate with the fans. But so the example that I'm using now, and I'm sorry, Pearl Jam, <laughs> I love you. But Pearl Jam posted the trailer for Pearl Jam 20, and that movie came out four years ago. Like a trailer to a four-year-old documentary is not like the exclusive, like amazing content that you know Apple kind of teased us with. So so Connect, I'm not really sure about. Here's a fun tip. You can turn off Connect Ooh. entirely, and you know what? You're not going to miss it. So, And it actually makes the music app better because right now the My Music tab, which is all the way over to the right, that has everything you've saved to your collection, and it's divided between library, which you know is where you see your list by album, by artist, by song, whatever, um, and then the playlists are in kind of a separate tab. If you kill Connect... That tab goes away in the main nav bar on the bottom, and then you're, it's replaced by a playlist tab. Oh. So then that way, your playlists and your music are in different tabs, and it's going to make it a lot easier for you to, to bop between them. Tell those. us how to
0: kill this. Where does it, do you just, Here's how to kill Connect. Do you just down the button or no?
1: No, no, no. Oh, Lord wish it was that <laughs> simple. Instead, you go to Settings. Because this is like an internet thing, right? And you can have a shared family account. So like your kids could be using So So they made it like a parental restriction. You go to the settings app. So you go to settings app. You go to the general settings. You go to restrictions. You got to turn on restrictions. If they're not already on, you enter a little passcode. Like that's your parental passcode. And then you can kill connect from... The, that parental restrictions. Oh, hey, screen. so let's
0: let's talk about family sharing for a minute because uh, I already got the question. Uh, one of our colleagues, Roman Loyola, asked me just to be double sure. He said, "All right, look, <laughs> it's because I assigned him a story." Yeah, he's like he's it. just checking. <laughs> I'm like, because I do. A lot, I've written a lot about family sharing related to uh, security and to uh, find my iPhone, where um, where it can be. There's some really interesting complicated overlapping settings for who can track you when. Uh, so family sharing, I do not recommend it right now. I have not turned it on. My wife the other day was setting something up. She said, should we enable this? I said, no, 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 no. Because it's a great idea, <laughs> but like uh, a lot of early Apple ideas, that it has a lot of um, quirkiness and limitation. And nobody I know who's turned it on has been – Let's say fully delighted with it. I'm not sure yeah. in what environment family sharing works best, and it's got a lot of nice ideas behind it. So with Apple Music, it's ten bucks a month minus a penny for individuals, or fifteen for up to six uh, people in a family sharing situation, which is a great deal. However, mm-hmm. uh, you know some people would like that deal without family sharing, and taint available.
1: Yeah, so a lot of the streaming services have these family plans. I know Rdio has one for $15 a month. I think it's just two accounts. Um, So Apple is being ostensibly quite generous by saying, okay, the $15 family account, you can have up to six people. But then the catch is that you have to be using iCloud cloud family sharing is that what they call it i, I don't um, even know if it's called they have so many names for the, okay There's yeah so many i'm aspect. pretty sure it's called icloud family, family sharing family sharing is
0: problematic too i have two different because uh, of history i have two different apple ids that are used oh, for different yeah, things so do I, I. I can't merge uh. my my thing is look apple you want me to do family sharing let me merge accounts So I have everything in one place and not lose any purchases or information uh, and let me manage things a little better. And then, you know, I think they're and I should say family sharing as a whole has a six person limit. So uh, Apple Music is picking that up. But um, I think Apple needs to step up and make uh, with its account management, which is still kind of terrible overall, um, despite some improvements. It's just not. It's very non-modern. It's very much rooted in whatever they did years ago that broke. They haven't been able to get themselves out of that. And I feel like if they're yeah. going to fix that for me uh, and give me a master account with which I can associate multiple Apple IDs and family accounts and manage things, give me an interface, give me control, give me reliability, and don't tell me, oh, no, something went wrong and you've lost all your stuff forever that you purchased, uh, you can never restore this, then 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 you know, then I'll do it. But until then, I think they're, it's a... Uh, Hobbsy, not Hobbsian choice, but it's a—it's uh, not a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> and no, choice. No,
1: and this would have been a great opportunity for them to just fix that, and yeah. they have not. And it's a bummer. So I think, it's so ugly. I I think c- the reason mm-hmm. they did it is because. That way, you can't just, like, have six people, like, just you and five friends, and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're a family, and we're going to share an Apple Music family account. They want to make sure that you really are, like, tied together, because when you use family sharing, I think, you know, everyone's um, purchasing with, like, the head of the family's credit card, Mm -hmm. and yeah, so you're really, like, your purchases are all shared. The stuff you have in Apple Music stays very separate. Like, if your kid adds a bunch of dubstep to his Apple Music collection, it's not going to show. Up in yours, thank God. So, so, but I think that they were just kind of like trying to to head off people from just you know spontaneously being a family. Um,
0: Spontaneous families coming soon. Yeah, on we don't want that reality television. Um,
1: yeah. So th- that's my guess anyway. Is that they just want to make sure that you you know you really are sharing this with your family because you wouldn't you wouldn't like give give just, you know, your random bros your it, access to your it, Apple account, this, which is basically what you're this doing. This puts
0: me in mind of a uh, recent uh, dissenting Supreme Court decision, not to get political at all, but there's an, a very excellent, <laughs> uh, Antonin Scalia had a very excellent phrase about, uh, I think, cohabitating, uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't him, it wasn't him, it was a Facebook post by an angry uh, uh, city councilor somewhere that was going to have to uh, implement the law that, uh, that or the uh, ruling of the Supreme Court, it said something about, uh um, uh, marriage devolving into uh, just people uh, uh, roommates sleeping together, and I thought, well, that's the that becomes the family sharing plan. I'm sorry, this is uh, a the devol- devolution oh, that, of marriage then leads sense. to uh, to family sharing. Um, yeah, see, family sharing. That's I don't know if that upholds traditional values if you do family sharing.
1: just <laughs> have one family.
0: Oh don't share your family.
1: Email Glenn. Don't um, email me. Sh-
0: I'm full of it today. <laughs> well, listen, we've we've talked a lot about Apple Music. With that, I think I've probably put a. We're going to be on.
1: writing about it a lot more. We have a good getting started guide up. Um, Leah updated the FAQ. um, People have been tweeting us questions. We love those. Keep them coming. Um, Caitlin and I are working on a tips thing. Roman is going to figure out this family sharing and explain it to all of us. Thank goodness. Um, Yeah. We're also writing about what the difference is between Beats 1 and the old iTunes radio where you can find your stuff. If you were an iTunes radio user before, I guess they killed the favorites list and people are mad about that um what else i, are we I enjoy that apple we just published a thing about how to get your playlist on your apple watch so let us know what your questions are on apple music it's pretty fun i definitely think you should check out the free trial you can turn off the auto renewal right away so you can enjoy the three-month free trial without free trial without worrying about you know remembering to cancel it before you're charged like you just won't be charged at the end of three months it'll just go away and then you know if you like it you can sign up again um and if, if you haven't streamed before, it's really, really fun. If you ha- So it might be, even be your gateway to a different service. Like you might end up liking Spotify or something. Um, if you're a desktop person, the iTunes implementation sucks. But um, Spotify, <laughs> it, it does. I'm oh, sorry, for Spotify, not
0: for Apple Music. No, yeah, oh. for Apple No for Apple, oh, for Apple Music. Apple Music
1: in iTunes, oh, man, you like there's no web player. That's a huge strike against Apple Music. All the other services have a web player. So if you want to listen to it on your computer, you're stuck with iTunes, and the beauty of streaming is that you don't need iTunes to do it usually. Um, so yeah, Spotify has a much better desktop client. It actually makes it easier to buy the stuff you're streaming in the iTunes Store than Apple Music does. Oh my god So so yeah, I mean, I was having a huge conversation last night on Twitter with this guy who was like just going off about how hard it was to like buy the music he was listening to. I thought he was using the iOS app, and I was like, dude, it's just a few taps. Like I don't get what the problem is. He's like, like oh no 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 no. I'm using iTunes and I was like well then god bless because (laughs) you might actually want to check out Spotify. Spotify makes it so simple um, to buy the stuff you like. I was just
0: looking at iTunes on the desktop as you said that and I hit the back button and now I'm looking at JSON objects that have just filled the screen. Oh god it's, it's,
1: it's the worst. I wow. hate iTunes so much and that's why I like audio cuz I never have to open iTunes. I mean I open it like once every couple of months to to back up my iPhone and that's no it. I had
0: to reload to get rid of reloading in, a, in an app it's I mean the, fu- the funny thing is iTunes is mostly HTML. It's a ra- mm-hmm. it's a wrapper around HTML and sometimes or, or or JSON objects or whatever. Apple could make a web app of it very easily. They have the technology to do everything in I was talking to someone just the other day. It's like Apple used to do more Windows support. Now they don't. There's a lot of things that they should release with Android. Uh, you know, Certainly Android support, uh, very likely. It's
1: coming to Android in the fall. All right.
0: And, then, and, and, also... and
1: it's coming to the Windows version of, of uh, iTunes at some point. Yeah, it's just it's Every time people ask me about the Windows version of iTunes, I'm just like, oh, honey, no. And uh, they abandoned <laughs>
0: airport utility support for Windows, which was odd. They just, there's a lot of things where I feel like it would be much more credible what they're doing in a, in a controlled ecosystem. And it wouldn't lose them customers. It would gain them people who are loyal to Apple, but we'll talk. Yeah, we'll,
1: just make a browser player. That's all I really want. They, that, don't, like so they don't like web apps. They don't like web apps except they're
0: terrible ones like uh, iWork, which is terrible and is still kind of beta-ish, awful. Um, well, we've okay, we've we've exhausted our time for this round, but clearly there'll be more. We'll bring on some some of our colleagues to talk more about Apple Music and uh, as it evolves and. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors this week, Red Hat, Harry's, and Igloo. Remember, we have deals. Listen to each of them for Harry's and Igloo for uh, for special uh, special arrangements. And thank you, Susie Oaks, executive editor of Macworld. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. A pleasure. And this has been episode 463 of the Macworld podcast for July 1st, 2015. I've been and remain Glenn Fleischman, and we'll talk to you next week.